Welcome to the Life is a Ceremony podcast by Petiti Institute. We're inspired to share practical insights to engage everyday life as an evolutionary journey. Every moment is an opportunity to practice. If you would like to send us a question or a comment or a donation, you're welcome to visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. In this episode, Roman Hannes and Elton Liabella will discuss staying connected to the essence in service to the heart of all the hearts, integrating the shadow self, healing the relationship with the inner child, and the greatest strength found in the greatest weakness as fearless innocence. How to stay connected to the essence and in service to the heart of all the hearts. The first question that we receive opens up this topic and then we'll go through the consecutive questions and we see that they are all related and uh, deepen the insights into this topic. And so the first one is... Um, in preparation for my return to Paititi and ultimately in service of the greater whole, what are some of the things that can keep me connected, inspire me, focused and present in my daily grind? This is definitely something that we can all relate to. Of course, native meaning of Paititi is heart of all the hearts. To return to the heart of all the hearts and that also is something that is part of everyone's journey in life. We come from the imbued creative space of the motherly love, the love of mother nature and are ultimately gearing in that direction and um, this is that path to return into the heart of all the hearts more consciously, fully consciously. Practices, the guidance, the tools, that can all be useful and at the same time essentially it is something that uh, consciousness is ultimately responsible for. It is a conscious journey and then when there is a willingness to engage with one's life, with one's experience and situation in a more intentional way, then there are many different practices and tools and guidance and insights that can be useful and again consciousness is the main healing agent. And so there can be many different support mechanisms. The connection to the essence and the service to the heart of all the hearts, journey of life, that purposeful and meaningful and joyful way at the same time. Again, there can be many different uh, practices and uh, ways to support that and at the same time it's really up to each individual to be conscious and to willingly engage with life and see that uh, life is not just a random set of circumstances and coincidences but there is actually this uh, wisdom in all situations and experiences that is encouraging each one of us to awaken that capacity of the heart to love unconditionally. And so this starts the topic. Yeah, one thing that um, I realized when I left Paititi and went for holidays is uh, actually that Paititi is not a place, a physical place. And uh, what I relate to Paititi was uh, a state of being, a state of awareness, 
that I can cultivate into wherever I am. And actually that recognition is what allowed me to stay connected to Paititi, that there is no separation between the physical place and uh, where I am at the moment. It's like sp I could see that space and the willingness actually to be kind and loving and to connect to people, for me that was Paititi, beyond the physical place. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Alton. This brings us into the next question. In previous uh, talks we spoke about a teaching that values meaning imbued in every moment more than the air we breathe. And so uh, this question is asking us to speak more about that perspective. And this again relates to different uh, indigenous cultures and how they speak specifically to that and how each breath is not just a physiological function and it's something that can actually be imbued with meaning and otherwise life is not so meaningful. In that way breath is uh, more than just the air but it has to do with principle of interconnectedness and reciprocity in our lives and then seeing how we are all a part of this greater ecosystem and we are all connected to that ecosystem through each breath that we take. In many cultures it's the same word that stands for breath and the same word that stands for spirit. The breath has to do with life energy and it has to do with this connection to all organisms. It is that greater organism, the heart of all the hearts, that this relates to. And so, of course, making every breath meaningful. Seeing how with every breath I can open my heart. I can recognize myself to be a part of the greater whole. And then also recognize that I am continuously connecting to this organism. And without that, life is not possible. And so it's this principle of reciprocity and interconnectedness that goes very deep in these traditions. And of course, it goes beyond just the appearances. And then this recognition how we all share this existence. We all share this life. And then we can honor that essence of life, that spark of life within each other, within everyone. Dedicate life to the support of this greater organism and then be supported in return. In the Quechua language there is uh, the principle of Aini and again it's the reciprocity, is the right way of living in the world where everything is taken into account, where there is this willingness to actually be of benefit and then in that way all life is supported and then that brings a more lasting happiness in our lives rather than just caring only about oneself and then ignoring everything and everyone else and then all kinds of problems start to arise and inevitably then that comes back to oneself. And so that's something that the indigenous cultures that we work with, they see very deep purpose and meaning in, not to waste our breath 
and to make every breath meaningful and to see how this life is here to be shared and then the more that this life is shared in a meaningful way the more purpose and fulfillment and also joy can be discovered in one's life even in the most difficult circumstances there is that potential to really be present with everything that is happening and not to just live for oneself and to actually share we are already sharing this existence and then to do it more consciously and intentionally yeah, I think uh, what comes up for me is when I don't see meaning in life is because I'm stuck in myself and usually in that mode I'm taking life for granted. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'm just thinking how to get my own happiness and not realizing that at any moment I can die and, you know, instead of uh, wasting my time on that, maybe not maybe, when I ask myself how can I be of benefit, that's the thing that hooks me from that bubble, and then there is everything presented to me. All, all, all the people around me, all the situations, they're actually helping me to recognize the meaning in life, but only when I come out of that state of mind. Yeah, this relates also to the living wisdom traditions and how it has to be living wisdom and it's the wisdom of our organism. It's the wisdom of Mother Nature that is working through all of us. And then to actually honor that wisdom and to come out of the different stories and to come out of the different mental realms of existence that do not correspond to this present moment. And then to actually return to the breath return to the wisdom of this organism that is interconnected naturally then to engage with life in that way so that it's possible to actually palpate that connection it's possible to experience not just to think about it but to relate to it by fully being alive in the moment and then through that fullness of aliveness and openness of the experience without hiding or running away from anything, then being able to fully relate with people in our lives and situations and experiences. Can I add? Sure. <laughs> Something. Yeah, yeah just uh, reminding me that even those moments when I'm stuck and in my own bubble, I can use them to relate to other people. So basically just reminding myself that whatever is happening, can be also utilized as a bridge to relate to other people, whatever it is. I just have to remind myself that yeah, other people may also be going through that. So then I may take the opportunity to breathe into especially difficult situations and allow myself to experience it fully so then I can relate and share that understanding with others. Mm. Yeah, that's very good and it brings us into the next question. Shadow self and shadow integration. Can you please give your interpretation of the shadow self? What action steps can be taken in integrating the shadow and the breath work? Aside from releasing stored emotions in the emotional body, 
his breathwork pathway integrates in the shadow. So the shadow self and shadow integration. And uh, yeah, it has to do with the full experience of life, what Elton just shared. Basically it has to do with understanding what it is like to be human. And experiencing difficult situations and emotions and instead of avoiding it and running away or feeling that it's just me that is affected like this. Instead actually opening up to those experiences and recognizing that yeah, this is what it means to be human and not uh, running away from it and then also recognizing that this is something that others experience as well. It's not something that is not part of life, not something that I should be ashamed of or avoid. And instead actually seeing how this is all part of that life experience. And shadow relates to the unintegrated aspects of the greater self. Of course, initially it's intimidating and uh, may involve fear or all kinds of defense mechanisms and disturbances because essentially it's the unknown. There is a tendency to fear what we don't understand and what we don't know. And then of course this is something that also has to do with unexpected life circumstances and situations and uncertainty, all kinds of problems that life brings that cannot be controlled. We live long enough, we see that often we are not in control of what happens to us. And instead, how we deal with those situations, how we engage with them, is something that we can be in control of. And that is a path of realization, a path of transformation to come out of this rigid personality structure that is always at odds with the world and what is happening and to learn the art of no resistance and how to actually work with situations and circumstances and make the most of them rather than live in a continuous drama of life. And so the shadow integration also has to do with this uncontainable energies of life. How can those energies be channeled through the heart rather than be fought or resisted? This is that journey into the heart of all the hearts to see how actually all the ingredients for the awakening of the heart are here and then it's up to each individual and their intentional and conscious approach to life. The steps in integrating the shadow involve cultivation of essential human qualities. So then seeing how all of those experiences and situations that initially I find disturbing can actually teach me how to be more patient, how to be more generous, how to be more focused on what is meaningful in life and not to get lost in the details and how to cultivate that wisdom of unconditional openness to all situations, which doesn't mean that I just anything goes, but it means that I can see all situations as opportunities to really awaken and bring greater intention and purpose and uh, see that capacity, that potential to be of benefit to the greater whole 
and then be supported in that way myself. Um, yeah, I think uh, for me the interpretation of uh, the shadow self is all. There are all those things that uh, maybe I'm afraid of facing and disturbed about. And I think uh, for me the first process is the acknowledgement that they are there and not to deny and not to think yeah maybe yeah it's all perfect and <laughs> these things you know i am not acknowledging these things or i'm closing my eyes but i'm actually opening up to the fact that maybe i'm disturbed or i'm afraid and then to cultivate curiosity what is it that lies beyond this fear and uh, i find that through asking that question um, I allow myself to experience whatever is coming up and also to be in the moment because the tendency is that I'm afraid of the unknown but I'm actually thinking of the future and I'm using the present moment and, and again taking life for granted by going into that mode but um, like you said I agree that um, not having a purpose does not allow me to integrate my shadow self, a purpose higher than me. So in, in, in my cases, like yeah, how can I be open, how can I be more curious, or what is this all about? And uh, then being able, able to open up and share this with my friends, and then have discussions and see how related everyone is through that process. And this brings us again into this uh, intentional presence. And uh, the first step with the shadow integration is to actually be present with it, to really see what it's about, to not just be frantic and reactive and then avoid and have all kinds of coping mechanisms. But at first is to actually acknowledge, yeah, this is something that I find bothersome, this is something that is triggering me and then instead of being upset about it or beat myself up over it, to actually have that curiosity, to have that uh, beginner's mind and openness and then to engage with the integration of the shadow by really seeing what it has to do with, what is it pointing to. Initially what may seem like some kind of a conflict or problem eventually can actually be seen as a blessing in disguise as a wake-up call to recognize yeah this is something maybe someone else is bothering me or disturbing me but actually they are helping me to recognize this part of myself that I have been ignoring and then the shadow integration can be engaged with and that's a very essential part of the hero's journey to work with the shadow to see how actually the shadow is something that is opening the portal of evolution and if it wasn't for the shadow then there would be no relatedness there would be no friendships the strongest friendships are formed in the times of challenge the strongest bonds are formed when people can actually relate to each other in the face of a shared experience, in the face of a shared challenge of life, the growing pains. 
shadow integration is also a very essential part of that service to the heart of all the hearts, that journey of awakening. Yeah, also I see that uh, through, through the shadow, through all the difficulties, it's what is keeping me humble. Because, you know, I can become very proud and forget that maybe other people have challenges, but it's those challenges that are allowing me to come to this planet and relate to other people and actually be more gentle and allow me to listen more to people rather than be fixed on, yes, I have a dream, I get what I want and I can't understand you. It's when, when I couldn't understand people, it's because I was not looking at my shadows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this also has to do with this saying that the master is a beginner in every moment. Otherwise, yeah, if everything is perfect in my life, then there is no need to relate and open and be receptive. And then continue to awaken that heart of all the hearts. It has to do with that beginner's mind, with that childlike essence, not childish, but childlike, that makes it possible, that allows all of us to actually open up and share our highest potential in the most humble way for the greatest benefit with everyone. And so in that way, there is that continuous integration of the shadow. Because the shadow is not just something that has to do with my own life but it's something that has to do with what the whole world is going through and then of course it is affecting each one of us whether it's the virus outbreak that is going around or the pollution or environmental disasters all kinds of things are either directly or indirectly affecting each one of us we are all part of that greater organism and so then, to relate to that greater organism on a deeper level, I see that there are wars happening in the world. What about the inner war inside of me? How can I actually relate to what is happening outside if I don't acknowledge the conflicts within my own being and then engage in that resolution? I can begin to see a way to engage with the greater whole through my own direct experience that is an essential part of the shadow integration. Mm -hmm. And that brings us into the next question. In my own healing process, I have discovered this strong sense of knowing that there is a fractured aspect of my younger self creating discomfort. A separation that happened within myself at a very young age, most likely before words available. Today I struggle to integrate this lost self due to the depth of defensive systems built out of my own conditioning and perhaps also due to how young and how fiercely connected that lost aspect is. My question then would be, can you be willing to share, and this is to me personally, what it has been like helping a toddler integrate the world around them? What does it look like to parent someone so young when they feel hurt, lost, or angry? Is it relevant to helping us teach ourselves how to return to loving-kindness and aligned with our individual purpose? So, yeah, I have uh, 
a son who is two and a half years old right now and it is an ongoing and continuous process and I'm continuously learning more and more about it and so by no means I'm an expert in that but something that has been really essential to me in this process is actually to see him as my teacher and of course uh, there are certain technical details about this world that uh, I'm responsible to introduce my son to and at the same time in terms of that childlike essence and that beginner's mind he is a great teacher for me and I have to stay open to that and see that just by being an adult doesn't mean that I'm smarter in any way I have to admit to my son also when I'm making a mistake and when I don't know and in that way we actually have a deeper connection between us that is based on real experience of life it's not based on how much I know in terms of conceptual knowledge but it's based on this uh, direct engagement with each moment and this is something that we can share and for me it's been very meaningful to establish a relationship not based on some kind of appearances or certain hierarchical structures but to really establish a friendship and a human connection in that way and then I can share what I find useful and beneficial and at the same time stay open to continuous learning this has been a deeply evolutionary healing journey in my life with a toddler I can see how he doesn't get so wrapped up about different issues yeah he can start crying because of not getting a maple syrup that he likes so much or something sweet and he will really go for it and he will start screaming and crying and he'll fully allow himself to experience that and then he'll forget about it the next moment and he'll go back to being very happy and this is something in my life I find it more difficult something happens to me and I get affected by it and then I don't know how to fully allow myself to experience the emotions and feelings and feel inhibited about it and then I keep carrying it with me for a while before I can let it go and so then of course different practices that we work with such as breath work and meditation and uh, creative expression symptomatic dance it can all be useful in shaking off that pent-up energy and allowing it to flow and opening oneself to it coming out of this rigidity of constantly needing to be a certain way and not allowing oneself to actually be more in tune and open with life with the child it's much simpler than that there's not so many stories accumulated in the head and preconceived notions and of course also it does happen on a less conscious level and maybe less intentional level of being yet there is a lot of wisdom in that and so then if I can 
actually engage in my life in that way where I don't bring all of the baggage of my life into each situation and then interpret it based on what has already happened and then expect certain things to happen the way that they did in the past when I experienced something similar and then if I can do that intentionally bring awareness into that then I can see how actually all of those experiences all of those fractured aspects of my younger self they happened because of not knowing any better because of not trusting in that original innocence in that openness in that initial engagement with life that doesn't have any agenda or bias to it and uh, there is that willingness to discover to learn to open of course not having a supportive environment in one's life during childhood then that creates a sense of mistrust in that open innocent presence and at the same time to me it's very meaningful to see how in nature throughout history of humanity children would be in that space of innocence so fearlessly and openly that even the most ferocious animals would succumb to that and take care of children as their own because those ferocious animals they are so ferocious in a way because that same fear of their own innocence knowing something so tender so soft so raw so open and vulnerable and then not knowing how to engage with that coming into the world where there's so much unknown and uh, so much of that fear-based mentality already present and then just being indoctrinated by that buying into that whole storyline and then in our society it's not that much different from the realm of wild animals today we come into this world where it's often uh, considered to be bad to be innocent because then somebody can take advantage of me somebody can manipulate or harm me in a certain way and then coming into this world then at a certain point in childhood starting to armor that tender heart close down and it's not okay to be helpless and I have to be worthy of love where actually love is an unconditional quality of nature we each come into this world completely helpless and we don't have to be worthy of love or deserve love or do something for us to be taken care of even on the most basic level none of us would be here if it wasn't for that basic care and support that each one of us has received in our lives <clears throat> yeah there is this fractured aspect that um, has to do with all of us living in today's society because we are all byproducts of this society each one of us has to deal with the conditioning of today's society that is based on scarcity mentality that is based on separation that is based on egocentric lifestyle and not caring so much for others not caring so much for this world that we live in 
and then of course needing to deal with the consequences of that. And so this fractured aspect of the younger self, the question mentioned, fiercely connected. Yeah, it is fiercely connected and can be scary to open up and it has to do with some of those original traumas of life. And then of course it's not about resolving those past traumas or what has already happened, but seeing how that still has an impact on our lives today. How some of the things that happened in the past are still influencing the decisions that I make today. Or how I engage with situations. And then the point of that is again just the recognition of this old story that I'm carrying around with me. And the more I can recognize it, the less I have to go along with it and feed into it and keep perpetuating the drama of my life. That original innocence that has been wounded can actually be reconciled through awareness. It has been wounded through unawareness, not knowing any better. And then just through awareness, seeing how actually it's not that somebody is bad and is doing this to me just because, but there is that interconnectedness. And it's that same woundedness that others experience as well in their lives. And then not knowing how to go about it, and then just continuing to inflict that pain. And it's this vicious cycle that can be interrupted with each one of us, not perpetuating that and consciously choosing to remain open and to trust in that original tenderness and vulnerability and innocence as the greatest power that even the most ferocious animals succumb to. It's this love that sometimes people are so afraid of. Sometimes people think that it's actually a sign of weakness to be loving and at the same time Universes are born from that love. Galaxies are created from that love and it is the greatest power in the world. We can experience it through even just this planet and the interconnectedness and how there is this ecosystem and there is this shared experience that everyone are supporting whether consciously or not. And so maybe the mentality is based on separation and our organism is based on love and it's something that is always present here and so then to see how actually it's not about helping someone but it's sharing that love and then the question brings about the relevance about loving kindness and our individual purposes and so that's very relevant is to see how within this shadow integration within all of these wounds and discomforts, they are actually an invitation to awaken the heart, to come into greater rootedness within the heart. And then seeing how I close down, seeing how I recoil and armor myself. And the first step, of course, is not to judge that, but to bring loving kindness into that. And then through that I can experience 
greater openness and relatedness. I can see, yeah, I guard my heart and I don't have to judge myself for that. And I can start softening that scar tissue around that tender innocence. And I can start seeing how this is what it means to be human. It's all part of human existence. And others guard their hearts too. And others act in ways that are harmful to themselves and others because of not knowing any better. And then I can open up a little bit more and I can let my guards down a little bit more and relate to that same tender innocence within other people that I know is so hard for people to be with. And then just through that I can discover greater relatedness and openness and kindness. And it's quite interesting how it is actually the blockage that creates a connection. The obstacle is the way. I can see how I armor my heart and I can open up to that and I can relate and connect to other people that also armor their hearts. And suddenly the blockage becomes a portal of the shared heart. Yeah, I don't have a physical son, but you know, I'm tending to my <laughs> inner inner child. It takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be part of that village. Mm -hmm. But um, um, yeah, like those fractured aspects of myself, like when I was uh, little, my parents always told me to be good, to never lie and to always share goodness and as soon as I came out in the world I remember there was a specific situation where I was honest and I got laughed at and uh, like what my parents taught me and what my world was showing me was not connecting so in that moment I used my creativity I was like okay so this is this doesn't work it's not like that and I armored myself and used all my creative ways to guard that. And uh, actually coming to Paititi, now I'm realizing that uh, coming to Paititi is uh, coming to that original innocence and facing all those armors. And through those armors, I'm finding relatedness. But I'm... Uh, Yes, yeah, seeing that now I'm discovering my higher purpose through that armor and just learning how to trust more in every moment and I'm grateful for these traditions that can guide and for the people that are carrying these wisdoms that can point that there is something beyond that armor and that it's worth discovering that and that discovery is within oneself. It's not on the outside that can come but it's from the inside mm. okay. and so that brings us into the next question my challenge is learning to have a deeper relationship with self whole self where I have my heart open to others in the journey and override an egotistical relationship with the world around me especially need to learn to be compassionate and supportive to the unfolding of my ex-wife and her journey while embracing my own path unfolding. And so this is uh, also very much in line with what we've been sharing about so far. 
And it's this uh, relationship with the whole self, learning how to have the heart open to others simultaneously with that inner journey. And then, of course, there are certain situations and relationships that may not have worked out to a certain degree, and then the paths lead separate ways, and there is still shared responsibilities, maybe children involved, and need to be open to that, need to be open to certain conflicts and disagreements. This again, I find, has to start with oneself. The more I can be open with myself about my own imperfections and shortcomings, and the more I can be open with all of the challenges in my life, the struggles in my life, the more I can be tolerant and patient with others, the more I can find that connection that goes beyond personal. And see that, yeah, I have disagreements with different people in my life. And we don't see eye to eye, and maybe there are some conflicts involved. But if I really get to the essence of that, I see that it is this struggle that uh, different people are experiencing, maybe even to a greater degree than I experience. And when I can really engage with my own struggle and see that it does take all of my dedication in order to really get to the root of it, it has to be a steady pace. It's not just once in a while I break down and then I desperately try to put the pieces back together and pretend like nothing happened. But it's really seeing more and more subtle levels how I am challenged and I am controlled by this scarcity mentality or this uh, limited approach to life. And how my heart can only open to a certain degree based on all the baggage that I carry with me in my life. So the more that I can engage with that on more subtle levels in everyday life and really push those edges and see I can open a little bit more. I can discover a greater capacity to be present and I can be a little bit more patient with all of those experiences, people and situations that are so challenging. And then gradually I can make that steady pace in my life and then see how that can directly benefit all the situations, experiences and people in my existence. And so then instead of creating a scapegoat or someone to blame for what I'm experiencing, it's this person that is so obnoxious and upset and disrupting and disturbing. And instead I can see, no, this person is actually helping me to really awaken that greater capacity of presence, of openness, of patience. And sometimes it's those amplified reflections in my life that I really need to experience in order to see that on more subtle levels in myself. If I'm disturbed about someone or upset, how would I be upset about what I experienced with them if I was not familiar with it in myself? So then if I never took responsibility for a certain experience, for a certain emotion and energy, and then, of course, I will be affected by it. And then I can 
see that as the real message beyond appearances and then see how it is that shared reality and people share what they have if someone has love in their lives then that is what they will share if someone will have pain and misery and confusion then that is what they will share as well and it's not something that is so personal but it's that innate wisdom okay somebody is acting in a disturbing way with me and then in that way it's their wisdom checking okay do i know how to deal with that just because they don't and then if i don't know how to deal with that then i'll just keep perpetuating that vicious cycle and so there is that continuous communication that is happening through all types of relationships in our lives and is this egotistical relationship with the world that is mentioned in this question that is actually making those messages more and more loud until it's possible to break through that armor of the personality construct of conditioned existence and awaken the heart and then of course it's that relationship is that journey and the journey of transformation this armor this uh, personality construct in itself is not bad it is a way to engage with the world but uh, when it is conditioned when it's developed in a way to avoid facing situations to run away from oneself to bury that innocence and to protect it to such a degree that even oneself cannot tap into that that's the problem and so in these indigenous lineages that we work with the point is to actually transform that personality construct to make it a conduit for the life energy allow that energy to be in service to the shared heart otherwise it's just a bubble that is based on my likes and dislikes and all of my personal preferences and all of uh, the ways that uh, i am at odds with reality and have a lot of resistance and control illusory control and then just keep being miserable as a result of that so then to transform that in a way where my personality is actually open to channel those energies through the heart and not avoid them and not blame the outside world for them keep being footballed around so that has to do with that relationship that then allows that interconnectedness beyond the personal it's not based on my personal preferences who i like and who i don't like but it's based on that shared essence that we are all connected to we're all part of that greater organism for me it's a motivation first and foremost it's like why am i living what why am i here and uh, i find that uh, for me the motivation to be of benefit it's uh, allowing me to face those challenging part and, uh, and then uh, the way i find to support maybe previous relationships is by continuing to face myself and through that i know that i can you know relate and support by understanding my own journey and uh, not wanting to fix someone else's journey but take taking full responsibility and finding that by what whatever is happening 
if I allow myself to take responsibility for that, that's what's allowing me to face that greater self within everyone, but within me. Yeah, it has to start with oneself. And then through that relatedness, of course, also it makes sense to actually allow some time and really face oneself and be more at ease with oneself and grounded in that process so that then it can be meaningful with other people in life and yeah it's good to take time otherwise of course it's very easy to just try to support someone else or save someone else from drowning and not knowing how to swim oneself and then it doesn't help anyone then everyone drowns like in the airplanes the advice of doing an emergency first you have to place the mask on yourself before putting it on your loved one a child yeah it's essential to really start with oneself and then to have that deeper relationship with self before trying to engage with others in that way and of course it's not black and white also in my life it's not so based on either or but the more that i can engage with myself in that way the more i can share it with others not in a way like i'm helping someone but in a way where i can share what is beneficial in my life and not having any strings attached or expectations with that i can also share that yeah i'm struggling and this is what i'm dealing with also and i know that you are struggling as well and this is what i find useful to a certain degree and i'm also open to be vulnerable and share that this is where i'm at and then in that way sometimes that can actually make a huge difference in life just to be honest and sincere where one is at and also about one's intentions how to really engage with that meaningfully and then suddenly that sense of separation dissolves and there is greater relatedness and openness between people and also recognition that yeah this person is also struggling so then i can give them a little bit more space and i can engage with my own process and then of course it's not like i'm struggling and i'm totally at a loss and i'm overwhelmed and i'm a victim of my circumstance no it's this relationship with the struggle or relationship with failure relationship with being overwhelmed where yeah it's happening but at the same time i don't have to make a big deal out of it i don't have to make a huge drama and i can be more open and at peace with that yeah i'm struggling and i'm working through it and it's part of being human this is something that i find meaningful that allows to continue working forward. No big deal. That's a good one. For me, when I start to apply that, it's uh, no big deal not ignoring things, but not making a, a drama of things, and in that way there is more peacefulness that I can bring into a situation. That's how I, I relate to no big deal, not as an escape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so is this finding the greatest strength and the greatest weakness 
and it has to do with being okay with being weak being okay with being helpless and then finding the strength of that innocence of that unconditional love within that and then actually recognizing the capacity to have the power of compassion in one's life and so this is related to the next question and i think we can keep this question to go more deeply into next time and the next question is about light-heartedness versus heavy-heartedness and i can just touch upon it briefly where it's this light-heartedness that of course is very inspiring in our lives and the heavy-heartedness is very daunting but sometimes heavy-heartedness comes into our lives and it's not always possible to experience the light-heartedness and at the same time they don't have to contradict each other this relates to this uh, no big deal where I can feel heavy-hearted and at the same time I can be light-hearted about that so if I cannot relax with something at least I can relax with not being able to relax seeing how actually it is that softening of the scar tissue around that tender innocence and it starts with that if I'm confused at least I can be clear about being confused and that's how clarity can start to emerge and be cultivated yeah very much so I have nothing to add to that <laughs> we have one question any suggested readings buddhist texts on seeing obstacles as invitation to open our hearts there are many texts and books and especially in our tibetan lineage that we work with and the best books that i suggest to start with is uh, books of by pema children one book that is especially relevant and meaningful on this topic when things fall apart that's the name of it that's a really beautiful wisdom in relation to that and i find pema children especially meaningful to start with because she's so real and she's so human and straightforward and can relate directly to her own life experience it's not just some kind of a theory or a conceptual text but it is based on the real life human experience and i find that very meaningful another book that our friends are suggesting is by jack cornfield another buddhist teacher and he has a book after the ecstasy the laundry also a great book that has to do with the engagement with real life situations and not uh, separating spirituality from the mundane and so for us and also being a part of this traditions which are more oral lineages in the Amazon and in the Andes and at the same time they are very down to earth it's not some kind of a separate realm and existence but it's right here in our daily life where we can actually evolve as human beings and really discover that capacity of the heart that can awaken our highest potential with all of our skills, gifts, qualities and then be able to wholeheartedly express that and in that way, yeah, just be more yourself than ever it's not about becoming someone else 
and so it relates to learning what it is like to be human more and more fully. I think uh, the best book for me to open the heart is uh, my life <laughs> experience and this uh, one thing comes to mind a chef shared with me it's the kiss theory it's keep it simple stupid and basically how I relate to that is uh, yeah because there could be a lot of theory and concepts but basically reminding myself that whatever I may experience someone else might experience it mm. so that is my book right there that's the guidance to open my heart to my experience and in that way I'm opening my heart to life mm. yeah it can be and often is too simple for the complicated mind to understand the process definitely has to do a lot with the book of one's life and that's why I find this book so meaningful because these people share from their life experience and what really makes sense to them directly and not just theorizing about it and then of course it's up to each one of us to really engage with the book of our lives and to really see all of the different situations experiences and processes not in terms of good and bad but in terms of ignorance and wisdom where good can never be bad and bad can never be good ignorance potentially is already wisdom and then wisdom can continuously deepen to see all of my life and all of the situations and all of the experiences and then beyond the experiences how it has to do with all of those energies emotions feelings that I found overbearing just because of not trusting in the capacity of the heart and so then to keep getting to know that to keep deepening that and to awaken that living wisdom that's what it is all pointing to so I think that's good for today we love you all really grateful for everyone being present with us here to continue cultivating that more intentional global community and the shared heart and so please keep sending us your reflections feedback questions perspectives and then we are very motivated to continue this path with the greater purpose of all of you in our hearts and beyond so please tune in we are about to go into our yearly tour to the u.s soon and then we have a lot of different events we look forward to seeing you in person or to feel your presence in this way much love thank you, you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have a question about what was shared today or wish to ask a question for us to cover in the future, please visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. May all beings be happy and free.